0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, guilty movie pleasure fans of all ages, we hearken back to a time where filmmaking was more innocent, and a time where the good guys were good and the bad guys were bad, and by golly did we fight the Nazis, because look, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's the Rocketeer!
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. Not a bad
0: improvised intro, if I do say so myself. Well done, Ben Becker. It was the greatest intro in the history of intros. Mark it. It was the greatest. There were crowds that got up and cheered for me at that intro. In fact, the the security's still letting them in. They're still letting the thousands in to see my intro. You see,
1: I saw something um, about how it, where he said there were 15,000 people there, and someone was like, Fire Marshal says only 5,000 people fit in that venue. <laughs> Which is oh, so great. Anyways, fair
0: warning, uh, since they do fight Nazis in this, and our president befriends Nazis, there might be a few political jokes, but sure. we'll try and rein it in because we don't want to become...
1: You listen, know, listen. I, I don't feel like it's controversial to say that I don't like Nazis. Yeah, I don't so. so I think that that's, <laughs> yeah, think that's where we're going to leave. I like
0: it. the uh, the qu- the comment on YouTube when it said, don't punch women, Ben Begley. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I can stand yeah, by that. I
1: definitely support that <laughs> Don't
0: punch women. I did find that clip of of uh, nick cage that you were talking about oh yeah where he just, where he just punches punching several yeah. different women in the wicker man yeah it's unbelievable we should maybe do that on i've never seen it the wicker we should man? maybe do that i've on only seen those
1: clips can we just do those just the clips? clips that we're probably better off that way so i can't i can't pull any sound clips for that one <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> We are talking The
0: Rocketeer today. And hey, oh, by the way, I'm at the Ben Begley. My real name is Ben Begley. My first name is not at the middle yeah. name Ben and last name Begley. But you can find me at the Ben Begley and find us at Guilty Movie Guys. And with me, as always, is Jesse McIntosh. Yeah,
1: I have actually officially changed my name to at Too Much Jesse. It's good. It's better. Um, yeah, so my Twitter handle is Jesse McIntosh. Um, my real name is at Too Much Jesse. And when you have a kid, you should maybe think of the first name being hashtag. That's smart. I'm glad I haven't had a first kid yet. Hashtag so, baby Macintosh. Yeah. Hashtag baby Mac. Baby Mac? B- baby
0: Mac. Yeah, there you go. That's good.
1: There you go. Big so Mac, just Mac it Mac. out.
0: So we're talking the Rocketeer today, and we have... God, this music just inspires me. Mm. I hadn't seen this movie since I was a kid. I did see it in theaters, and I love this. I remember how obsessed I was when I saw Back to the Future 2 and how obsessed I was with the hoverboard, but this topped my obsession. Sure. Where I still think... That even though this takes place in the past, I still think we haven't arrived as a future society until we have jetpacks. Because imagine if you could jetpack to an audition or jetpack to to work, minus the potential exploding
1: and, sure. and limbs. And It feels dangerous. But it's... Also would feel awesome. But if they got it to a point where it wasn't dangerous, where we could have more than one person with a jetpack.
0: Yeah, right now I don't even trust L.A.
1: drivers, let alone L.A. jetpackers. They're difficult. You know what I've started doing uh, in the car instead of honking at people? I've started giving them a round of applause. It's like a real passive aggressive move. And I just always hope that someone like cuts me off and then looks back, like hoping that I'm okay. And I just like give him a real slow clap. I give thumbs up and that that pisses people off. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I remember seeing this as a kid and I loved it. I thought it was a great adventure film. I I liked, I remember being like, oh, it's cute because there's great romance in it. There's adventure. There's a great villain. It also had some of the darkest things I had seen as a kid by then. This came out. I should know this already. Why is it always so hard to find the date on the back of a... I feel like 91? Blu-ray box. 91? 91. Okay, so I was nine years old at the time. Yeah. And to see a dude when when Bigelow... Otis Bigelow is his name. When he's found (laughs) snapped in half, even though it's just his shoe up here, the image of that in my head haunted me. And I remember the big scary dude freaking me out as a kid, but I also loved it because he gets blown up in the end. And then, I know I'm skipping way ahead, but I already... tweeted the gif of this. Uh, Timothy Dalton might have one of my favorite villain deaths. He actually has my favorite villain death in any kids movie ever, but potentially top ten of all movies. Wow. I love... The jetpack exploding it and exploding, him blowing him and up fire. the Hollywood land side. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's, and him just like, because oh, first it's like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Ah! And then he turns into like a full on supernova like a uh, meteor. A supernova is when a star collapses on itself. But he becomes a meteor. A
1: solar eclipse, I think so, is what you're Yeah. Mean. yeah.
0: No, I didn't get to see it because I'm the an science. idiot and did I my glasses. I know and me neither. I did a selfie of it. And it reflected through my camera onto my chin. Ooh. So that was something. I didn't know it until I posted it, and somebody pointed it out. So you're
1: part of it. I was part of it. You're part of history, Ben. Oh,
0: hey, I do want to give a real quick shout-out before we go on. Um, The Lonely Island guys have been talking about coming on the show when their schedule permits, uh, and I went and saw Briggsby Bear today in theaters. If you haven't heard of this movie, ignore all trailers because I haven't even seen a trailer. I just went in blind and the journey it takes you on is so fun and so imaginative and quirky. It's like a grown-up Lonely Island movie. Not that I don't love their other, I love their other movies, but this is such a such a profoundly quirky, fun, heartwarming movie that has some hilarious moments, but just it made me want to make movies uh, like right now. And I can't say enough good things about this movie. You should go check it out. It's in limited release right now. So go support it because it's a great independent film. And go see that instead of, you know, Annabelle 7
1: or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's or, my or shout it. out. It. Or It. Actually, we'll see it, but I'll see It. I'll see that it. later. See, yeah, see I'm, Brigsby Listen, Bear. I'm going to see Brigsby Bear in spite of my fear of bears. In spite of Yeah, I'm going to see it. I'm going to power through. And I'm going to see the film.
0: I can't... I, it's hard for me to talk about it because I don't want to give anything away... Because literally, I went in not knowing, and I'm like, ooh, is this like a post-apocalyptic thing? Ooh, what is this? And then it takes you on this bizarre journey, yeah, so and the, I don't want to
1: give anything away. The trailer that I saw had no dialogue in it. And oh, really? Yeah, it was, really? just, yeah, just it was very visual, yeah. It's mm-hmm.
0: incredibly shot. Kyle Mooney. It was,
1: it was six clips of Nicolas Cage punching women. <laughs> That's it. Women. It was very strange. I will
0: say, Kyle Mooney, he's always been hysterical on on Saturday Night Live, but he plays such an earnest, awkward character that is tough. You and I know how tough being comedically awkward is, Yeah, how it's very easy to hit the gas on that, and his character is so unique and so grounded and real. I, okay, I don't want to spend the entire show gushing about this movie, but please, if you see Brigsby Bear, tweet at me, tweet at the Lonely Island guys, let them know that I told you
1: to go see it and that it's a fantastic film. I will say, and not to get too far off the yeah. Rocketeer, which is yes. what we're talking about today. Oh, but are we? I, I thought went, it was Briggsby Bear. Yeah, well, we can talk about it, even though I haven't seen it. Uh, I went to college... To a university with Sir Kyle Mooney, yeah, um, and he. The, my lasting memory of Kyle was he. There were two improv teams at the time, and he was in one of them. And he would always come to the other team show to like support improv on campus. Um, and they would they did short form, so they'd ask for probably ten suggestions throughout the yeah. show. And every time they asked for a suggestion, Kyle Mooney in the back would just yell out. Names of baseball players from the late 1980s, early 1990s. And he just had a fucking Rolodex. And he just went through every single play. It was amazing. Um, but that's my memory problem. Oh, so there you go. Guy.
0: He's fantastic. Go see it. Let me know if you go see it. Uh, you should just go right now. It's that, stop listening. Uh, come back. Press when, pause. Press pause. Yes. Anyways, back to the Rocketeer. So uh, I was nervous about rewatching this because I've had certain movies like when I rewatched Mortal Kombat. uh, mm-hmm it's terrible now Rewatching this yes it's it feels kind of like a kids movie but that's okay it for me it has enough darkness and enough heroics and enough adventure that I kind of wish more kids movies were like this nowadays and I just got swept up in it I remember last night I started it at like 11 and I was tired and I was like I'll probably watch like an hour and then cut to I watched the entire thing and I'm just I go up and I wake my wife up and I'm like I'm just filled with so much joy right now, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm filled with trying to fucking sleep." All right, and I'm like,
1: "Sorry, sorry." It was just like, "She hasn't gotten a full night's sleep in like just an amazing adventure." Seven and you're like,
0: oh, "I love the rocketeer." Well, I have to wake her up just so she can feed our daughter. So that's why I was like, uh, "Oh, by the way, go go feed our daughter." And the movie is great, but so I loved it. I think it ages really well. I don't think that it was hard for me when I was watching. And I was like, "What are we?" There's hard. I don't want to like even pick apart the movie because sure. it, it's such a fun adventure. And I, I, the only thing I i can, the one word would be a sense of wonder. The whole movie gives you this like whimsical
1: adventure. You go on, yeah, it's like
0: Indiana Jones light. Like a one bit. of our fans. Yeah. Said. It was
1: interesting. Like I, like I was telling you before we started, I saw it when I was younger, when I was a young kid and I remember loving it, but I didn't remember anything about yeah. it. And I, it seemed to me going back that there was less rocketeering when yeah. I, when much I, like, less yeah, than I remember, yeah. I, I remember most of the movie was just him flying around in the jetpack. And for, for some reason, I also remember him running out of fuel. Like, they even made the mention at some point of, like, you don't even know how much fuel this Apparently has. Apparently, it's limitless, it's, it can go forever because they never refueled. But, yeah. uh, but regardless, like, I had, for some reason, I had a memory of him, like, Running out of fuel and like like hanging on to the side of a plane and but that was just he did that on purpose that yeah wasn't well an and I
0: think it was still when he was trying to figure out how to it must have been it was either
1: that or like the the blimp type aircraft that he was on yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so uh, did you get a, a kick out of it still what's your yeah, what's your adult cool, perspective man. of it I
1: I thought it was a lot of fun it was very Disney oh yeah, oh, yeah. um and it like there was never any doubt as to what was going to happen and there was never any doubt as to like how it was going to happen, really. Um, but but agree, it was still though, fun. That, like, it was a fun journey. Do you agree, though, that like
0: compared to what would be a PG kids movie nowadays,
1: some of the villain stuff gets kind of dark, it's, right? The whole thing is kind of dark. Like, yeah. I can't imagine a kids movie now being set... Just pre World War Two and like dealing with Nazi issues—that's yeah. crazy. And
0: that just the cartoon alone, where all the Nazis get jetpacks and fly
1: over here and take over, and our capital burns—it's like that's eerie. And, and yeah, that's that's a lot to deal with. And yeah. then like the villain burning up in flames and just. Yeah like, so many people crashing an airplane. Like, there's just so many images that even they would the, keep away from kids nowadays. Even that first plane crash that
0: um, Billy Campbell, a.k.a. Cliff... Uh, oh, Cliff... got a C-Cord. C- C-cord. C-Cord. Cliff c that he has. Is pr- I remember as a kid being... That's a nerve-wracking thing where the, the mobsters... We'll just talk about this real quick, then we'll get into the plot, but the mobsters in the beginning, what a bunch of dicks. Like, he's just flying over and they're being chased by the feds, so they just shoot... They just shoot at his plane for no reason. Right. It's like, what What did he do to you guys? I don't know. And then that's in that moment where the oil bursts in his face and he has to bust the windshield open, yeah. that's some intense stuff. That's terrifying. He, he has a harrowing landing where, like, the one uh, the one wheel breaks off and then the other one, he's just skidding, and they're like, get me out of there, get me out! And the whole thing's on fire, and then he goes back for the picture of Jennifer Connelly. Holy crap, right? Yeah. I mean, she is gorgeous now, but, like, this like she looks like a 1940s. She really does. It, yeah, that's what I love when they get the period right. When like everybody looks he like look, he means the era. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes.
1: What? Just what, when you were discussing Jennifer Connelly and you said they get the period right, and I just wanted to make sure everyone knew yeah, that you sure. were talking about the time. In case time. anybody
0: got confused. When they that's the thing with with uh, period pieces, especially like she has curves to her. She looks gorgeous. She has that look. She looks like. A classy lady from the nineteen forties, and I love their romance together. I, I, I'm just maybe because I was kind of a prude kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of like chaste, like adorable romance that they have in this movie, and I, and I miss that kind of quality that's actually what i loved about the, the first captain america directed by joe johnson as well with like peggy carter and steve rogers have such a great relationship and it kind of reminded me of that you know but anyways i could ramble about this forever which luckily we have 39 minutes still but let's do the plot in under three minutes first okay and uh, are we ready in the booth steve <clears throat> which means you're not ready so next time don't lie to me and say oh uh, yeah trust has been broken oh god oh boy so we start off on the airstrip. There, uh, it's it's Alan Arkin, Billy Campbell, and the whole crew. They're getting ready to fly for the Nationals. They're going to fly in the Nationals, <laughs> and they're taking this plane out. I don't know what the Nationals nope. are, but they keep mentioning it. Nope. They take this plane out, and he's having a great flight. And then out of nowhere, we cut to the Feds, and they're being cha- they're chasing these two mob guys who have a case that says government property, whatever. They're shooting. They shoot up his plane. He crashes. The Feds are like, "Screw you!" It blows up a gas tank. Bigelow's like, "Well, you owe me for that too, all right? So you got to do the clown act on Saturday." And you're like, "What's the clown act?" And then you find out later, but. Uh, Howard Hughes created
1: the rocket pack. We find out that they swapped it in for a vacuum cleaner and torched it in the car. Boom. Okay, um, so t- Jennifer Connelly, he goes to pick up Jennifer Connelly. They go out on their date. Um, she says, I got this part, or I got this audition for this movie. And he's like, oh, you're an extra again? Wah, wah, wah. She's like, no, I have a line this time. But then it turns out she didn't get the part. She's line. just an extra in the movie. Yeah. Um, but she, it's a Neville Sinclair movie who's like, he's the big movie star. Great name, by the way. It's a tremendous name. Tremendous name. name. <laughs> um, but so, okay, so then uh, they Billy uh, Campbell is told that he has to be the clown and he's like, oh, well, here's a plane. And he goes and looks in the plane he's like, what is this? This is a rocket pack. Uh, Let's hang on to this for a while. Um, And then they go back and they work on it a little bit.
0: Yeah, and then they introduce Timothy Dalton's character and uh, he's he's, uh, this swashbuckling kind of Errol Flynn type character and you think he's just this Hollywood playboy. Later on you'll find out he has nefarious... tendencies, to say the least. Sure. And uh, they set up that the Nazi blimp is going to fly over L.A. And, um, oh, my God, there's the, the big dude. They send out the big dude. I don't even know his name, but he's giant. It he looks like a Dick Tracy character on steroids. Yeah. He goes in, and he finds out, he's like, where is the rocket? And he breaks the guy in piece. He, like, breaks all his bones, kills him. He goes, and he kills uh, Bigelow, and they start piecing it together, and then they find out that uh, Jennifer Connelly is the girlfriend, and that he she knows so, him. So yeah.
1: Billy Campbell goes to set, and he... Yeah. He like ruins the set, and they're like, "Get oh, Jennifer what, Connelly yeah, yeah, yeah. out of here!" And then so he's Billy Campbell's talking to Jennifer Connelly, and he's like, "I found this thing. It's going to change our lives. It's going to make us some money." And he's like, "Um, Ooh. and he's like, 'Ooh, uh, so I'm going to take Jennifer Connelly out on a date and try to get the Billy Campbell.'" So he finds Jennifer Connelly. They go to this exclusive restaurant. Um, and Billy Campbell finds out that they're at the they're diner. The, yeah, they're at the diner. The mob
0: comes in. They get the mob out of there. Uh, Billy Campbell goes after her, pretends to be a waiter, uh, gets her to leave. And then there's this shootout in the in the restaurant where he's flying around, crashing everything everything torch everything he goes through the stained glass window uh, they, we find out that she, uh, Jennifer Connelly gets kidnapped in here we go uh, they go to the Griffith Park she's hostage she's saying give me the rocket uh, the mob's there and then then Billy Campbell uh, says hey you know this guys working for the Nazis and even the mob goes i don't work for no Nazis and then Which, and then the Nazis come come there's Nazi yeah, they're Nazis so they come out of nowhere they come out
1: of nowhere and then US the flip. government yeah. comes out of nowhere yeah. and so uh three way shootout yeah and they all get on the blimp and then there's a fight on the blimp Fifth, 12 seconds. and then uh, there's the, he, the big uh, guy he, chains himself yeah, and, and so then he gets he, caught and blows up. He and gives uh, <laughs> Neville the rocket pack, and the rocket pack blows he up. Moves and, the gun, yeah. pulls the gum, poops And then uh, Howard Hughes gives him an airplane. Yay! I love that Howard Hughes is in this movie, it's, by the way, and I love the actor that plays Howard Hughes. It's such a weird like mixture of fiction and trying to do like an alternative reality a for a second bit. Like, when when the guy with the um
0: the uh, the glasses, the Nazi with the glasses, I thought he was supposed to be like Goebbels or somebody, like one of. The top Nazi um, doctors or somebody? But he wasn't.
1: He was just a yelly Nazi who gets kicked out the window. Or shot out the window, I should say. That guy, I feel like that guy's been in something. Probably. I mean, I'm sure he has, but I feel like I recognize him from something. And I spent spent probably a half an hour thinking about it. (laughs) During the entire And then I quit. Yeah. So,
0: uh, let's get into it. I love the setup of the chewing gum as the good luck. Because when you've seen the movie, you know how awesome. Never has chewing gum paid off so well in a film ever no nor has it ever been attempted before. and nor neither has never has chewing gum been so strong as to hold a gas leak a fuel leak yep. in a rocket pack for two acts of a film sure because it happens pretty early on and there's several jet rocket rocketeering
1: moments after said chewing gum is placed on it's an integral part it's of very the plot of the film love it it not only is it good luck, but it's uh, logistically very important. Yeah, it's very yeah. important, yes. So, um, we already talked about the dickhead mobsters in the beginning, how they just shoot up his plane for no reason. Yeah, like, initially I was like, are they thinking that it's, like, a police copter? But then I was like, no, there were no police copters. They're just copters. being assholes. They're just <laughs> shooting people. They're
0: just like, ah, fuck you too then!
1: Hey. Don't they know that people are preparing for nationals? Yeah,
0: come on. Like, can't you just let someone so prepare? Funny, they keep bringing up nationals, and I don't understand, A, when they do the actual plane race... Was that a thing where planes, like, raced in a circle like NASCAR? How dangerous did that That's seem? super dangerous. Like, <laughs> and people are just like, yeah! And it's like, I get nervous at Cirque du Soleil shows, like, yeah. when trapeze artists are above me, let alone when full-on planes are. This is the reason we have air traffic control. Yes. So, like, this sort it of shit doesn't super happen. Dangerous. I think yeah. it started, actually, because of nationals. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a few too many accidents at nationals. Too, too many
1: National prepping accidents.
0: Oh, then Howard Hughes is introduced. He created the rocket pack.
1: Um, the and
0: uh, what what is your first clip you have? Oh, so the, right. so
1: the first clip was. Oh yeah, um, when well, after Billy yeah. Campbell's plane gets shot in the very beginning, and it sort of starts swerving back to yep. the airstrip where they started. Um, and the the Alan scientist, Arkin. yeah, Alan Arkin,
0: who's called Peavy, and I think his name's Uncle Peter or something, but they call him Peavy, and it's. It's very confusing. I, I refer to him as the old dude. I'm fairly certain they never give the big man a name. <laughs> I'm just going to call him uh, Giant Dick Tracy character. i got to think of a better we'll name work we'll workshop, we'll workshop We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Clip number one, please. Wait for it.
1: Something right.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you're right about that. Alan is so good in this movie because he has the... he First off, like there's a ton of famous people in this movie. Yeah. Tons. And... Alan Arkin has that great deadpan delivery in the most desperate of times in this. Like this plane's like going, like, With, like a, smoke billowing smoke. out of it. Just, just, this is his reaction.
1: Something main right,
0: you know. Uh, it's, it's. <laughs> I think. <laughs> here we go. I'm pretty sure that that there has to be one speechwriter for Trump who's trying really hard to get him to stay on message, and. I just imagine them backstage every time, like, oh, good, he's talking Unity. Oh, good, he's not talking his vile, awful, disgusting stuff. Yes, just keep on. And then as soon as he veers into the crowd size, you know the speechwriter's just going...
1: Some main right.
0: And then, sure enough... Well, there's very. Po- f- Imagine if the mafia guy at the end was like, "Oh, you're working for the Nazis." I hear there's very fine people. I'd, I'd love, to hear, <laughs> I'd love to hear their side of the story. I'd love to hear their side of the story. What's They no. seem very
1: misunderstood. The mafia. We'll get to that, but the mafia guy even knows what's up. It's interesting that you should bring that up because I heard that um, when Trump is reading the teleprompters, and he starts seeing things about like the country becoming united and. Um, how nazism is bad he thinks to himself some <laughs> main and he's like wait who wrote wait a this minute. who the fuck wrote this oh, who wrote this
0: i specifically said <laughs> i want to <laughs>
1: oh my god um <laughs> we had specific discussions about what was going to be in my speech yeah, 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 and it yeah. was going to be about how great i am you
0: know um after seeing the nick cage clip of him just punching several mm. um puritanical uh <laughs> style women in the face. I just kinda I, I started to wonder about Nick Cage and I thought
1: Some main right
0: and then I saw the bees scene. I don't know if you've seen that infamous scene no. where he's just like, Oh God, what is that? What is that? And they put a helmet on him and they just shove bees in his helmet and he just starts yelling, Oh, the bees,
1: the bees <laughs> And then I was definitely like Some main right The guy that guy's I, a ball full of crazy. I read um a headline. I didn't read the article, although maybe I should. How
0: often does that happen? So in your often. Life? But it's, I feel like it, we're like, a
1: headline society. We're like, yeah. Oh, that got, got it. Got, got the story. Gist. Got the gist. Um, but this was not. This was not something where I felt like I had to read the full article. Although I, I might double back into it. But it was about Nicolas Cage um, having to return. Like a stolen artifact to the country of <laughs> Mongolia or something like that, um, and so I read that headline and I was like, Some main "That definitely that. needs further research." Yeah, yeah, that's worth further research. I bookmarked it.
0: By the way, I don't know if you've noticed, we're in the uh, we're in the champagne room today of Popcorn Talk. We sure are. There is no champagne in the champagne room, and uh, as Chris Rock famously said, and uh, yeah, yeah, but there are sparkly dangly things. So mm-hmm. try not to get distracted by the sparkly dangly bejeweled background we have. It's my favorite studio to be in.
1: <laughs> Although, right on the other side of this wall, if you walk through there, you can meditate. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. it's great. It's great. It's, it's a lot nice. Of fun. There's some
0: incense burning right now. It's fantastic. Definitely. Uh, what is the dream is over clip? What's that one?
1: Um, so that's- Jesse pulled sound clips for me this week because I was dad dude. No, I pulled sound clips for us.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, thank you. Sir. We're a team here. We're a team here.
1: Um, this is when <laughs> Howard Hughes. Uh, has decided that we're not making this Rocket Pack again. I didn't realize you were going to use it for nefarious purposes, and I'm out of this game. Howard,
0: I almost said Howard Stark. Howard Hughes is like Howard Stark. That's what Howard Stark was based on. Tony Stark's father was Mm -hmm. based on Howard Hughes but I love the idea of him being like as soon as you, the government wanted it as a weapon I'm not, I'm not yeah. doing this anymore yeah. if only more people God. did that nowadays you uh, imagine? did you have any other cue up for it or should we just play it?
1: Let's, yeah, let's, let's just hear hit it clip number two. the dream is over Tell him Howard Hughes said so. <laughs> Tell him that. It's, it's so good. That's how we find out that he's Howard Hughes. <laughs>
0: that is. Because up until then, you're like, man, he's just a guy with a cool he's mustache just a dude. and a nice
1: voice. Yeah. Tell him Howard Hughes said Howard so. Howard Hughes said so. So good. So
0: good. I think, actually, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio used this performance mm. as a basis for Howard, his portrayal of Howard Hughes in The Aviator because you can't top this one. But no. he tried, and he would have a tape recording. You know, like how... Uh, that SNL sketch where Pac the car in the Havid Yad is how you get into a Boston accent. Mm -hmm. Um, This is how he would get into Howard Hughes. So he would just sit there you know just backstage or uh, while rehearsing and just playing it over and over in his head just
1: Tell him the dream is over. Tell him Howard Hughes said so. And I think it worked. Do you know what I heard? Is that he was Leonardo DiCaprio was so confident for The Aviator that he was going to win Best Actor that he went up to all the other nominees looked him right in the face and said Tell him the dream is over. Tell him Howard Hughes said so.
0: Little did he know, all he had to do was almost freeze to death and eat a raw bison liver. Fight a bear. And fight a bear. Yeah. I love The Revenant. That's a great movie, though. Uh, Anyways, okay, we're going to keep moving on. So Howard Hughes comes out. Uh, Timothy Dalton is like, Dude practicing
1: his sword fighting, which before then you don't really know why he's doing it. He's just like still in wardrobe. I wrote a big question mark on my paper because I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now? Why is this dude just?" Sword he's like fighting the Daniel no Day one? Lewis of the '30s, where that makes sense. He's just always in character because yeah.
0: as later on he adopts a German accent, so you're like, "Oh, he's been." Br- well, that's a that's a long con. Long con. So he's a German pretending to be a British film star. Yeah. Oh, Come on.
1: And no one Googled him?
0: No, <laughs> 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 The 30s. Nobody sent a raven to find out? Yeah. Those are super fast, as Game of Thrones taught me. As we know. Uh, anyway, so uh, I did write, Jennifer Connelly is
1: gorgeous. Um, yeah, I was smitten with her, as, as you can tell. She is. Should they also, like, sort of do the thing where she's not an important, like, her character is not important, only, like, her placeholder is. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's a little unfortunate. That's yeah. what
0: I remember... Especially, I'll jump to the end where the two guys are fighting and she's just kind of like, eh, until a gun has kicked her way. And I'm glad that for the most part, not for the most part, but there's a good majority of movies that come out that have done away with that yes. cliche. Yes. Because to me, there's nothing more boring. I get it that this takes place in a, in a time period where it was kind of more the damsel in distress time period, mm-hmm. where that was more... The way those films were made, especially in the 30s and 40s, tied to railroad tracks and the t- mustache twirling bad guys. So it was kind of hearkening back to old serials uh, for the Rocketeer. I get that. But I'm glad that that cliche is slowly. I hope it quickly dies. sure, Because nothing, even the trailer for The Mummy, I didn't see it. But when the girl's like, I'm so scared. And he's like, it's going to be all right. And you're like, God damn it. Why is the woman <laughs> always freaked out? Because <laughs> in most shitty situations, like in most stressful situations between my wife and i yeah. i'm the one going oh fuck and my wife's like it's cool it's it's, it's almost always the opposite where i'm like huh 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 and my wife's like hey
1: we got this and sometimes so, sometimes you have bad dreams and your wife wakes you up by saying sound clip number two the dream is over Tell him Howard Hughes said so. We have very
0: weird, uh, very weird role play. Yeah, you know, She dresses right. up as Howard Hughes. Sure. I dress up as Angelica Houston from Witches. That's, that's <laughs> it's a, a choice. A super strange. That's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> Anyways, we'll keep moving on. So they bring in the big guy. Uh, like I said, he looks like Al Pacino's character from Dick Tracy, but like stretched out and broadened like a, I don't know... And his voice, we talked about how Optimus Prime's voice doesn't match his actions. This guy's voice, I don't know, did we pull a sound clip of him? I don't, I don't think so, so but no. he looks like he'd be like,
1: I'm gonna kill you. But,
0: but instead it's like, where is the rocket? And it never matches with his <laughs> mouth. His mouth just kind of goes, here, you do the voice. and where is the rocket? There we go, that was good. We that should do that bad. more often. We should plan that next All time. right, excellent. But it's because he's behind all these prosthetics. But man, his character's super creepy and just like he's the guy they call as the enforcer, actually, who somehow he must be like a Nazi agent because Neville Sinclair calls him in, not even the mob. Where does this guy come from? I, I,
1: I want a whole prequel. He's like for this guy. He's like a Nazi Jason Bourne. Where he <laughs> is sort of unaffiliated, but he's a weaponized yeah. human soldier. <laughs> And he they call on him when they need him, yeah. and he shows up and does the job. He's like a he's like a a giant hat obsessed Captain America because he's obsessed with his hat. Every time his hat blows off, it is very very disturbing to him. I wonder right. if that was a choice or if the actor was like, oh, now my face is going to come off. Maybe like he was a little bit it's worried like about makeup, that. The yeah, the makeup
0: just stops here, and <laughs> yeah. he's like, ah, oh, shit, we got to cover Uh-oh. that back up. Cut, the,
1: the. cut, cut. That's so good. <laughs>
0: So, uh, I love the fact that um, the, the the one guy who's injured in the beginning, that scene in the hospital freaked me out so much as a kid, where it's like, where is the rocket? Where did you hide it? And then you just hear his screams, and it starts on the radio, and then the, the cop and the nurse realize, oh shit, it's really happening, and then he's just hanging there all twisted up. You could never get away with that in a kid's movie. You could never get away with insinuating breaking every bone in a man's body no. and twisting him up like a pretzel. Mm-mm. Maybe PG
1: thirteen, yeah. But then there would be a lot more stuff. Like yeah. they wouldn't just have that. There no, there's no, there's of, no. Yeah. I there's something I really love about the balls of eighties and
0: early nineties kids movies, like Gremlins, this Goonies, where they had like this. That's why Stranger Things works so well because they have this kind of like. Ballsy approach to it. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's sort of the idea that like if you don't see it, then we don't have yeah. to account for it. Yeah. But like, if you see the aftermath of it, that's <laughs> nearly as bad as seeing the actual thing. But happen. I feel
0: like it also kind of, even though it scared me as a kid, I also uh, then the heroics are that much more. There's that much yeah, more of a stakes. payoff. Yeah. There's stakes in this movie, even though it is a kids movie. There are stakes, right? And I feel like you lose that sometimes. And I think that I'm not advocating violence in kids movies, but a little bit more realism, because I feel like it kind of established in my head like that much more rooting for the good guy. Sure. You know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what else did we want to do? Um, oh, so they they test this out for the first time. They attach it to a statue, and it just goes in a circle. And then I love how it shoots up into space. Like, looks like out of the hemisphere. Thousands of miles gone up. Gone forever. Gone forever. And then somehow magically just... Uh, boomerangs
1: boomerang. around, yep. and
0: he comes right behind
1: them, and they have mm-hmm. to run away from it. And they run in a straight line away from it. <laughs> what? Somebody needs to tell fictional
0: characters that you can you can zigzag, you can zigzag. zigzag, man. Just tell Shelley Theron and Prometheus, you can zigzag yeah. away from that That's spaceship.
1: Right. You don't have to run straight. You don't have to run but straight. But it's uh, it's funny to me that they just like put a stake down into the ground for a jetpack to try and tie it down the jetpack, yeah. and then they're like, well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Hope this works. Yeah. Now, when they get the uh,
0: the statue, they realize, oh, that was really awesome. We need to try a human flight. But we might need one very specific thing because the head has been broken off completely. And we're talking about a statue, which right. is, it's tough to break one, I would assume.
1: I try all the time. I try all the time. I constantly am trying and I can't just do it. break statues. I'm very strong. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah, I know. I know. You're very strong. Can we play clip number three?
1: I think we're going to need a helmet.
0: You know, I uh, I had a similar incident when I was riding my bike. Uh-oh. And I had one of those things where when I was a kid, I, I had a BMX bike that had, like, the shield on the front because I thought it said, like, Viper or something. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah. And all my buddies were going on this dirt hill that then led to my neighbor's hill driveway. And I saw them just coast down and just look real sweet. And so I was like, I'm going to go even faster than them. And I didn't realize that going downhill on a rocky dirt terrain you don't need to pedal more it'll just make it awful for you yeah. so I started pedaling and literally the, the the wheels started going like this and I flipped over the front and I toppled down the dirt hill and down the pavement luckily I just jammed both wrists and I got cuts everywhere but I didn't hit my head Yeah. but the second I went home my mom and dad looked at me and they were like
1: I think we're going to need a helmet
0: and uh, I don't know if you've noticed that my head size it is gigantic so when you put a Helmet on top of it. It just—that's not a moon. <laughs> that's a space station. That's what it looks like. My head looks giant already. But then you put a helmet on it. I had like I had like a mushroom-shaped one, and I looked like
1: Toad from Super Mario Brothers. We'll be sharing pictures of that. On, we will. We'll be tweeting at Guilty it out. Movie at Guilty movie guys. Um, Guilty guys. I I went whitewater rafting every summer when I was really? younger. Yeah. Um, And we would go to like West Virginia and Pennsylvania and they made us sign a waiver every time. Um, And my first year I like went and showed up and I was like, I don't need a life jacket. I don't need a helmet. They're like, you have to have a life jacket. You have to have a helmet. And I was like, I don't want it. And they made us sign the waiver and the waiver literally says um, like not following these instructions could result in death or worse. (laughs) That was the exact language. Death or worse? Death or worse. And I read that and I was like... I think We're gonna need a helmet. Yeah, yeah, rightfully yeah. so. For real. What's worse? Don't know. They didn't explain it. Oh Jesus! Left to your imagination. I think being folded in half in a hospital bed.
0: So there's. I think another thing this movie does great is the character development, uh, the relationships. Like I love the relationship between Peavy and and Cliff and Cliff and Jenny. I, I think they're all really well developed, and I like the fact that um, that you pulled a sound clip with uh, kind of. Peavy being razzed by Cliff about not dating, and what does he know? So mm-hmm. let's play that one real quick, clip number four.
1: What do you know about women, Peeve? You had not had a date since 1932.
0: Which, didn't this take place in, like,
1: it was 38, right? I think 39. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is a long time. It's a long time. And then he says, like, some name, like, Florence... Lawrence Hexler. He says the name, and then we go into, like, nostalgia music, and then we never go back to that. We like, never revisit like PV's love life. I would have loved for her to come back in the end and be yeah. like,
0: here, you're the, the man who helped the rocketeer.
1: Yeah, or oh. if he had just gone back and been like, that's because I'm married. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would I be going on dates? <laughs> Where's your wife?
0: <laughs> it looks like you two, like, live in the same house, sort of. Yeah. I, like his uncle. She's the waitress downstairs. Yeah. Where's Cliff's parents? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, he's a grown man. He doesn't... He might be moved away. I mean... They still presumably exist. They presumably, they still exist. He yeah. had them at some at point. At some point. He was uh, cared for as a young was, man. Yes. So we let's go to the set, which is awesome to me, yeah. uh, because they keep... They have the world's worst actress, who is the producer's uh niece or something something like, something that. like that, which uh, a lot of us have seen in movies before. Mm-hmm. So can we play clip number five? This is the director trying to explain acting to this young lady.
1: Listen, sweetheart. Acting is acting like you're not acting. So act. But don't act like you're acting, get it? All right. Why don't we try that?
0: That was actually in the direction on my
1: very first commercial (laughs) shoot. They were like, act like you're not acting. Acting is acting like you're not acting. So act like you're not acting.
0: In fact, I think we should just play that clip again because it's pretty much the greatest acting advice ever. So any young actors out there, if you're looking for where to begin, this is a pretty darn good place.
1: sweetheart. Acting is acting like you're not acting. So act. But don't act
0: like you're acting, get it? All right. Why don't we try that? Act. <laughs> but don't act like you're acting. Why don't we try
1: that? So good. And then her, and then her response, uh... <laughs> and then well, she does, does okay. Try that? She does okay. She nails it the second time.
0: Until Cliff knocks over the scenery and nearly kills Neville Sinclair. Yep. Harrowing. Which, I don't know about you, but maybe this subconsciously put the seed in my head, but anytime I'm on a studio lot... And I'm walking backstage, ready to go on set or something, or like say hi to somebody, whatever it may be. And I'm moving past those fake sets. I'm always a little nervous about being the guy who knocks everything down yeah. and like injures the main don't, lead of it. Don't do it. Don't be that guy. Although don't they, peer
1: through the cracks. They like pr- do a pretty good just job. Just go of to Video Village. Sandbagging the sets now. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're much.
0: It <laughs> they're they're not much. just
1: like standing straight up.
0: <laughs> that was literally just like, <laughs>
1: yeah. all right. Well. That's it. <laughs> we need another set. <laughs> it was like not... Is no one securing this? What there was
0: happened? no there was no securing on the front or back. It just was
1: like precariously nope. placed up there. They like balanced it and they were like, we're going to do a fight scene, but we're not going to secure our walls. <laughs> just it doesn't
0: make any sense. Really yeah.
1: hope for the best And here. then they
0: fire Jenny when it's like, that's not her fault. <laughs> and yeah. that's not his fault that there was such poor construction. Fire the construction guy, the also, set designer.
1: Also, not her fault that there's no security, let, not letting people in a closed yeah. set. How did he get on a studio lot? Right. Right. This is you know two steps. You have to get on the lot and
0: then you have you do. to get into the stage. You do, and they just drop the ball in security both of those. Both places. So this is when Neville Sinclair overhears Cliff talking about the rocket, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to get this." And uh, they then um, they design the helmet, and they're doing this is before the first major flight of the Rocketeer. Uh, he try he goes out and he he flies around and he like crashes into the the lake and all that stuff, and it's just he or wait no. Is it the first time he ever flies it when he has to save, when Malcolm? He has to save Malcolm? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they're gonna do the, the national I don't know if this is the Nationals. I think this is the semi, the pre nationals. This is not nationals. Not nationals. No. And uh, they're doing the plane race like we talked about. And uh Malcolm Cliff isn't there yet. Malcolm gets in the clown outfit and starts flying. He hasn't flown in like thirty years. Which I also
1: don't understand what they need why there's a clown because you can't see in a plane. It you can't see it. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
0: so he starts like crash he starts flying all out of control he's going to hit the other racers again very dangerous to let a clown act go up when there's five planes racing but hey they didn't care back then and so he dons the rocketeer suit he has that moment that heroic moment where he's like i'm gonna risk my life to save malcolm and then the first thing he does is shoot up right underneath him and then the gear stick shit uh flies out and hits malcolm in the head knocks him out whoops whoopsie daisy so you know a little bit of a botched rescue but I love the fact that when he saves him, it's this really cool rescue sequence. The effects, for the most part, kind of live up still. Mostly, Mostly. Yeah. When he's just flying, it looks kind of cheesy. But when he's actually on the plane, it looks really good. Yeah. And I love the fact that once he saves Malcolm, even though Otis uh, Bigelow has asked for the um, his gas truck to be moved as far away from the field as possible, the plane still <laughs> hits it and blows it up. Yeah. I love that callback. Oh, it's, my, it's my favorite. It's so good. But then they say about the helmet, when that PV's designed, uh, there's a little bit of a snarky response to it. Can we play clip number six? How do I look?
1: Like a hood ornament. <laughs>
0: like a hood ornament. Helen Arkin. Yeah, I mean, you made it. Yeah. Why are you being
1: so snarky? Yeah. Yeah. This is your fault. This is your design. You did this. You did this. Just you because this. Billy Campbell has no parents... And your Uncle Peavy ...doesn't mean you can treat him this way. Yeah,
0: come on. Get out of here. So, uh... <laughs> He does this whole flying thing, he saves uh, he saves Malcolm, then he goes out of control, he slams through a woman, uh, Not doesn't punch a woman like Nick Cage, but he slams through her laundry, gets the sheet in his face, ends up flying through a cornfield, and the guy goes, that's some gopher. <laughs> Which I love that line, as it's just going... <laughs> and then he hits the lake, he skids like a skipping stone, crashes into the mud, Uncle Peavy comes by, and uh, his reaction after this... Harrowing experience, and I think I've said harrowing like 700 times, but it's it's. the word of the day.
1: Ah.
0: Anyways, that was my Pee Wee Herman. Can we play clip number seven?
1: I like it. He does. (laughs) Very enthusiastic. He he really likes it. I will also say that the number one in a vehicle out of control gag is when you drive through a laundry like a clothesline yeah. and get laundry all over you. That's my favorite. It's <laughs> my favorite. And they
0: do it all the time and I love it. And my second favorite is when they drive through a cornfield and they do both. They do both back in the to back. same exact sequence. Back to back in the same it's sequence. Wonderful. It's so good. Can we play that again? I like it. I just, you know what? Every time I leave Guilty Movie Pleasures, mm-hmm. I just shake my head and I go,
1: I like it. I yeah. Like it. I, you know what? I do it for the love. Isn't that just the That's truth? What I, do. That's I, what I do. I, I, I was sharing a slice of cake mm-hmm. with my lovely wife, um, and she took a bite, and she was like, I love this. And I took a bite, and I was like, I like it. But you are still enthusiastic. I still enthusiastic. Like, just because I don't love yeah. it doesn't mean I don't like it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there are shades of gray in yeah. there. Yeah. That's all I'm it. saying.
0: I get it. I You're preaching to the choir here. Good. You're preaching to the choir. It's unanimous. So I, I skipped around a little bit, and Mr. Bigelow's now dead in the plot where we're at. Uh, he gets <laughs> broken in half. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Mr. Bigelow. Uh, Otis Bigelow. Um, and then I love that, the, that the, the villain, the big guy, shows up. Uh, he starts slamming Cliff's. This is where it gets a little Disney, but it's fine, because I love It's where the, he's slamming Cliff's head through the softest
1: ceiling yeah. ever.
0: <laughs> and the same spot. You would think he'd go, Crack! Slam through another spot, crack, but he's like, nope, I'm going to keep... Well, this. he already
1: he already made some headway. Yeah, you so, know, he's just
0: seeing how far no, up in the drywall he can get. No pun intended.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, so sorry, I really didn't That's that.
0: why you're here. I really didn't. You bring really the highbrow. I take it back. I bring the lowbrow. do forget I said anything. No, I'm not going to forget. And then the FBI show up, and... Well, first off, the big guy, I love that he he's like, where's the rocket? And it's, it's, it's hiding under a lampshade.
1: They... They Wouldn't, put the rocket in such, such precarious a, position. Like they put
0: it in the laundry bag. It's it, like, it's guys, like, this is a very expensive. It's so top important, secret. and you're just willy nilly hiding it like Spider-Man hides his book bags. Actually, like, don't hide it. Just hold on to it. <laughs> keep it. Like keep it on keep you it on, at all times. God, that's what I would do. They're just and so casual with it. Then there's the shootout to end all shootouts, where the FBI shows up at <laughs> Peavy's place, and the big dude starts opening fire. So the FBI just mows down in their house. Somehow, not hitting the most, the biggest man I've ever seen in
1: my life. Not hitting anyone.
0: Gigantor. They can't hit Gigantor. They couldn't hit him
1: and they couldn't hit the two people escaping. Nope. It just. But late, Everyone unscathed.
0: But later on, when the mob's in the diner, two shots into the ceiling hits the rocket pack. Well, <laughs> so, you know, it's just uh, the law of
1: averages. Eventually, you, somebody hits something. Weapons were less <laughs> accurate back then. I don't think they were trying to hit the rocket pack when yeah, they were know, shooting up. Exactly. So So that's why they hit it. Tommy guns, Tommy guns apparently had no accuracy. You know what's much more accurate than Tommy Guns is mm. a statue with a rocket pack on it. It is. It that, is. is. That, is that is like, like a homing a missile. Hom- yeah, It
0: is. So uh, then, Jenny schmoozing with Neville, and then creepy W.C. Field shows up and scopes out her boobs yep. in a very, and again, probably couldn't get away with a boob shot in a kids movie nowadays. They full on like pan down, real the- pan down, <laughs> and just boobs yeah. in the frame. I was like,
1: well, well played. All okay. right.
0: Um, so, what is our next clip? What's I hear music? Uh, th- I hear music.
1: Oh, there we go. Yeah, so he's. Oh, trying to get that's her when to he's. Dance.
0: Yeah, because he's trying to put the moves on, and it on thick, to find out where this rocket is. Right. And then meanwhile, the mob is at the diner, strong arm and them there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I forget how do they get out of the mob? They they oh they break the, they're dicks. They come in, they shoot a plane in the beginning. They break a pie rack. Yeah, and they was, throw the coffee. They throw pot. the coffee pot. They shoot the radio. Mm-hmm. It's just really really rude they punch oh they he, cliff full-on punches the one dude and then five of the old-timers
1: get the gun and then they shoot the rocket that's what happens the rocket pack gets shot then yep. so yeah so there are two of the two of the Mafia guys find out that uh, Jennifer Connolly is at the restaurant so mm-hmm. they go there and they leave two to stay with and then they call her number yep
0: and then when they call her number, the girl at the girls' dormitory is like, she's not here, she's at the she's South Seas Club. Yep. So they go there, and then they realize, they, because now the mob's thinking that Neville is pulling a fast one on them. Little do they know he's a hidden Nazi, and that's the ultimate. Fuck you, dude. Kind of. But, uh, just not for a president. Uh, so then, um, the Nazi. I Hear Music, that's when he's schmoozing up Jenny. Can we play the I Hear Music again? I hear music. You know, a similar thing happened to me when I was not being schmoozed by Neville Sinclair, but uh, when I was lighting so off okay fireworks when I was I mean, whatever. Yeah. When I was lighting off fireworks as a kid uh, on the 4th of July, I threw a, I went to throw a black cat and I didn't realize how short the fuse was and true story I brought it back here and it blew up next to my ear and I and I for the next like 3 days I was just like
1: I hear music. And they're like, "You sure it's not just ringing?" And I'm like, Yes, it's just it's just ringing. It's amazing you're not dead from the two stories you yeah, just told us. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. I I was we, almost like Baby Driver yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> we um, we had a ice cream truck that would come around probably like once a month mm-hmm. in our neighborhood, um, and it always had the entertainer playing do 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 do. So I would like be home over the summer, and I could hear it from forever away. And you'd start to hear it play, and I like perk up. And I'd run to my mom and I'd ask for a dollar, and she'd be like, "Why? What's up?" And I'd be like, "I
0: hear music." Oh. <laughs> I'm so jealous that the ice cream truck came in your neighborhood because my my childhood, the ice cream truck would drive down the main street and pass us every summer. What? Yeah. And so I, to this day as an adult, whenever an ice cream truck comes by, you still get it. I run and go get it, we, unless, unless my wife adamantly says, "No, you can't go over there. We're walking the dog and what a and kill your daughter." Joy. I mean, it, you know, it is overpriced, and I could just get the same thing in a gas station. <laughs> no, but it's not in a truck. That doesn't it's make sense. It's not in a
1: truck. Why would you go to a gas station when, when it's a, a, a truck? truck?
0: Do, uh, Steve, do we have any more time than what's on the clock, or is that our heart out? Yeah, maybe give us, like, uh, five more minutes? Okay, okay, thank you. Because I want to I make sure we cover this. Uh, I've been having fun. I've, it's fun to, like, talk about a movie that I genuinely love and yeah. don't have a whole lot to... And
1: f- let me just say this, um... Not all the movies we cover are guilty to us no. or specifically no. to you guys. Like The term guilty movie pleasure is a subjective term. Like yeah. Everyone has their own threshold for what there's they feel guilty about. There's for sure. Yeah, um, so we try and cover movies across the whole spectrum. And
0: sometimes it's fun to cover things that we remember as a kid to revisit it and see if it's guilty now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any guilt to this for me. I don't feel guilty at all watching this. Especially when I put my mindset as like a kid nowadays watching this would probably
1: still be just yeah. as blown away. I I'm, would assume. I'm going to tell the most judgmental people I know that I like this movie. There you go. That's how little guilt go. I feel. Yeah, it's, we we like to cover a broad basis.
0: So uh, Cliff shows up at the restaurant. And um, and he pretends to be a waiter, and he hides a note in the soup, which is very clearly there for a very long for time before he dumps the tomato soup also, in. Also, I,
1: I would love to go to a place where they bring the bowl out pre-soup. Pre-soup. And
0: just slather and then, it in. Yeah,
1: and then pour the soup table side.
0: But before that, he's hidden the rocket pack in a laundry bag, and I was like, what if somebody comes and finds that? Yeah, yeah, what if they What are doing, you doing? What if they do laundry? What if they actually do the laundry here? But I guess that just shows the cleanliness of this place. So there's uh, uh oh um Michael Scott's wife from The Office is the jazz singer by the way oh really yeah the the woman who played his I think might be Steve Carell's wife in real life. Is the jazz singer in this movie. She was Not a that. major character in the office.
1: And I was like, I know her. And I looked her up and I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. You know, the the waitress in the diner is uh I hope I'm remembering her first name, but it's Margot Martindale, I think, oh, yeah, who's yeah. on the Americans and yeah. is on She's a awesome. bunch of TV now, yeah. She's so, like, very, there's very small So part.
0: many people in this movie. It's fantastic. And you got James Bond himself with Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. So uh they go to the South Seas Club. Uh he he gets her to go meet her under the bushes and says, Hey, uh Neville's a bad guy, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then he tries to escape and, uh, wait.
1: Before that, oh, yeah. it's my favorite moment of the movie. I'm trying to remember where we are. When they're, when they're like covered by the plants and he's like, I, I want to tell you this right now. I'm the rocketeer. And she's like, what? The Rockahoo who? Yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, The the Rocketeer, have you read the papers? It's the flying guy. And she's like, I've been busy. (laughs) It's so So good. good. It's the best. I wish that happened more often. You're right. That
0: is a great moment. So then, oh, he goes back to the laundry room and he's chased back there by the mob and they start shooting at him. And so he rockets into the laundry chute, which then rockets him. Wait, he goes to the laundry chute and then somehow he ends up in the South Seas Club. On like a dinner cart, he thing. goes.
1: He goes to like the ladies' lounge, the or ladies' something lounge, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 and like flies through the ladies' lounge. Yeah, oh
0: yeah, because that would make sense. The towels come from the ladies' lounge yeah. to the laundry, so he goes up there. Then he's flying around on the cart and he's just causing havoc. Then he starts flying and he crashes into the clamshell and cr- and like <laughs> pins one of the, the the I think the the uh, what can I remember the. The orchestrator guy. Oh, the, the conductor? The conductor. Thank yeah. you. God, mm-hmm. I lost that word in my brain. I have the best words, just not today. <laughs> uh, he gets pinned in there. He's causing havoc. They're, they got him dead to rights. And then he looks up, stained glass, you know, awesome Pantheon-style yeah. ceiling. <laughs> Shoots up. He thinks
1: Jenny's safe. Nope. Neville scoops her up. Well, because she keeps, like, doubling back. Yeah, she keeps going out and then like running back for something. Yeah. Then she like go to the co and then kind of like,
0: one of those things that the cliche like we talked about where it's like she makes several bad decisions and yeah. gets her kidnapped by a Nazi.
1: Yeah, which we
0: don't know yet. That's a crazy reveal to have like third act of a movie when it's like, oh, she I love but this is a great moment for her to give this movie credit where she pretends like she's into him, and yeah. he's, like, kissing her neck, and she's like, "Oh," and she goes in the bathroom, and she's like, can you help me with this? And you're like, damn, I was convinced, even." and I was like, is she, is she gonna bone this guy? What a dick! And then she picks up the flower vase, cracks him over the head, in the best, like, pratfall ever. It's just like, ksh! And he's like, um, lights out. Lights out immediately. <laughs> and we have this sound clip, uh, clip number
1: nine. I finally played a scene with Neville Sinclair.
0: Yes! Because up until then, she's been just a background yeah, actress. Yeah, she. but she got her own mic drop line. She did. There. That's a mic drop that line. For or sure a it. flower vase drop line, for sure. Yep. I love that moment. So then she sneaks into another room and finds um, she, a Which radio. Which is
1: also great, because she, like, finds a bookcase and, and she's immediately like, is like, there's definitely a hidden room. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know about you, but I don't go to many bookcases and go, uh, where's uh, the uh, hidden uh, book? Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. so that was pretty fantastic. <laughs> And then she <laughs> finds a radio and starts a radio out. And then there's a German voice, a German uh, accent, dialogue, everything uh, on, the, uh, on the other side. He's like, yeah. das Wiedengutensagen, Yeah.
1: And
0: she's like, oh, no. And then he realize he's a Nazi. And um, that's when we go to Howard Hughes, where um, the Rocketeer is arrested. He goes in there and we find out that Peavy's been helping Howard Hughes fine-tune... His, his all his aerodi- air, uh, his airplanes and everything, mm-hmm. um, and then Hughes reveals the huge Nazi plan that we talked about. This crazy propaganda <coughs> propaganda cartoon that probably gives Trump a Woody. Um, yeah. <coughs> sorry, I'm losing my voice. Where so the, you have yeah. a hard
1: time saying Woody. I <laughs> that. It's like as soon as you say it. So the it cartoon down.
0: happens. It's an eerie, creepy cartoon of. These Nazis with rocket packs flying everywhere, which, while I was thinking about it, I was like, why don't they just fly over in planes? But I guess it'd be harder, the logic would be it's harder to shoot down thousands of rocket packs.
1: Listen, why don't you fly over the wall and use a dragon to burn all the White Walkers when you could just send a group on foot to yeah. do the same thing yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah you understand Spoiler what i'm saying alert, uh if you haven't seen no i'm just asking questions oh yeah um, are you caught up yeah mm-hmm. oh okay okay <laughs> uh so anyway <laughs> i hope everybody's caught up that was a question i asked before this last episode by the way yes so, i mean that's what i've asked yeah. for the rest of yeah since the yeah. beginning um so
0: then they go to griffith park there's the standoff uh between cliff and And Neville, and he has Jennifer Connelly there with the gun to her head, and uh, the Mafia's there, and then Cliff, smartly, because he knows that all Americans can agree on one thing, at least in this movie, that Nazis are bad. Yep. And so he starts egging him on, saying, hey, Neville's a Nazi, by the way. I bet you didn't know that. And what does the Mafia guy, this guy
1: kills people for a living. He's a terrible human. He's a terrible human. But even he has a line. But
0: even he has a line, and this is the line. Can we play clip number 11? Uh,
1: I may not make an honest buck, but I'm 100% American. And I don't work for no two-bit Nazi.
0: How great. You tell him. How great if after all the awful stuff that's happened in our country, if our president came out and said, I may not make an honest buck, True. but I'm 100% American. Uh, well. And I don't work for no two-bit Nazi. But, but
1: instead, but he would follow that up by saying, I work for full-fledged <laughs> Full fledged Nazis, <laughs> yeah. not, no, no half assed no Nazis. Bits. In my, yeah. Those two bits aren't very fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're
0: not very fine people. Oh God! It just this is that was such a cool moment for me where this mafia guy who's been a dangerous, threatening character, yeah. even he has a line of morality, which I love. I love when this is like with the Rock last year. I was just going to say that. Yeah, where there's a line of morality that some villains won't cross and apparently our president is the worst villain of all yeah. he'll
1: cross all he'll those cross fucking all. lines but all. enough about that what was the clip all of the above oh so this is when we find out that Neville is a Nazi when she's oh, yeah. when she hears oh, yeah, it. That's a great one. he like comes in the secret uh, bookcase as well and this is his response to her finding out uh, clip number 10
0: a what spy
1: saboteur Fascist. All of the above.
0: It's weird because I heard that that's the 2020 campaign slogan. <laughs> <laughs> for Trump. Anyways, we got to keep moving on because I want to talk about the final uh, battle scene on the blimp. It's awesome. So. There's a shootout. The a bunch of Nazi shoulders soldiers, not show with shoulders, with soldiers, soldiers with shoulders both. show up,
1: soldiers and with then shoulders.
0: Uh, the FBI shows up. There's a shootout. I love the moment where the mob boss looks down at the FBI agent and smiles because they're both shooting at Nazis. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. And so there's shoot. There's a shootout. The blimp comes by the Nazi blimp. Um, uh, um, what would it? Zeppelin. The Nazi Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. They get on that. There's an awesome uh, fight between Cliff and uh, Neville on there.
1: There's this badass fist fight. So that's fight. the clip 12 is yeah. when Cliff punches Neville, and then Neville punches him back. Where's your man now, Sinclair? <laughs> I do my own stunts. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good because he punches him, and then Neville gets up and winds all the way up and just throws a haymaker with... Billy Campbell just like stands with his hands down, yeah. open to the punch. It's, doesn't doesn't block. Doesn't block, doesn't brace, no. doesn't like try and punch back. He just like, all right, it's my turn, I guess. Yeah. And I love the uh when
0: they throw out the oh, the best is the um so they're fighting uh, before they get in there the guy the big guys on the on the top of the Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. They have a fight there. He gets knocked down and Right as they're saying, we got the best pilot in all of Germany. <laughs> the big guy comes in and slams and knocks him out the other window. Like seconds later, it's fantastic comedic timing. It's great. And then, long story short, there's this uh, this fist fight, and then he gives him the rocket. The, the oh, uh, Jennifer Connelly fires a flare mm-hmm. in the zeppelin, and it starts catching on fire. Terrible decision Don't on her do part. That. Don't, Don't do, do that. that. He gets the yep, okay, here we go. He gets the rocky he gets the you saw the the gift that I posted. He gets the jetpack on, he moves the gum away before he hands it to Neville and it full-on turns him into a fireball, and he crashes and destroys the Hollywood land sign. Yep. And then they get to escape
1: with Howard Hughes, and Alan Arkin saving them. They, they stand they're on the, the, blimp, as the it's exploding. blimp as it's exploding, and they like have a moment, and I'm like, You're Grunt! standing on a bomb!
0: You're get wrong. off the bomb! Ah, <laughs> oh, I love it. It's such a great climactic fight, and, and a, and a gra- the explosions look insane. It's great. If you haven't seen this movie... You should watch it. If you haven't seen it in years, but you loved it as a kid, we'd love to know what you thought about it. Uh, revisiting it now and uh, also give us some more suggestions we lo- this was a suggestion we love suggestions yeah. here and uh, until next time where can they find you Jesse uh, we gotta wrap this on up
1: Twitter and Instagram at too much Jesse for sketch check us out at the prom losers all right
0: I'm at the Ben Begley on the Twitter and the Instagram and at guilty movie guys is where you can find us and talk all things guilty and keep these suggestions coming we love it and we want to hear more from you so keep it coming on the YouTube comments we try to con- we try to reply to each and every one
1: of you and we're, we're, all, we're doing our best we're also looking into why the last one didn't post a podcast yes right we're gonna we're we're I don't know why it isn't on
0: iTunes. Until next time, what is your guilty movie pleasure?
1: From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.